3: Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free. bets up to $2,000. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer, and we got a full panel today. Cody DelMendo down there typing away on the old Twitter. He's got his new CHGO sticker if you're watching on YouTube. Ryan Herrera back from the ballpark, and Brian Smith, our guest from Bleacher Nation. You also know him on Twitter as at Cub Prospects. Thanks for stopping in. We appreciate that, first of all. Yeah,
2: thank you very much for having me. I wish I had my Apple laptop to join you. That's <laughs> all good. All
3: yeah, good. It, it's fine. We'll all be fine without it. The <laughs> Wi-Fi is not great. You probably don't need it anyway. Um, we're going to talk prospects a lot in yep. the second segment of this. We'll talk a little bit maybe about the Brave series coming up. Uh, we'll start with what I call the good, the bad, the ugly. And we'll go backwards so that we end positive. Let's start with the ugly which clearly would be losing three out of four to the Pirates. You know, that's – we've said it many times on this podcast going into it. If you're going to compete for a playoff spot this year, you've got to be good against the Braves – or against the Brewers and Cardinals. But you got to beat the, the low teams too. Uh, the Pirates took it to them. You know, sure they could have won those games, but I mean, you can't lose three out of four to the Pirates. There, there's no way to spin it. There's no positive spin. They should be as mad as Kyle Schwarber with Angel Hernandez – Behind the plate. But he, that That's unacceptable, Cody.
1: Yeah. Uh, Luke, you, you put it perfectly. I could, like, scream it a little louder if you <laughs> want me to. Uh, I, you know, was pretty pissed off leaving the left field bleachers yesterday because it's like, you know, not only is this year like a developmental year, but you also want to see some progress uh, with the team as well. And, you know, I just did not understand why we didn't have Nico Horner or Alfonso Rivas in the starting lineup yep. yesterday. I, I straight up didn't understand it. And I'm not someone who is in the replies on Twitter yelling about David Ross's lineups every day. But that one was like, what are we doing? Because Rivas and Horner had a great Saturday and Horner was having a great week and you had an off day today, which is why we're here Why Brian is here. We're going to talk prospects today. Like you had an off day today anyway. Why, why not one more day with them? I understand Horner has injury history and you want to get Frank back in there too, but like you got to find a spot for those two guys after the day they had on Saturday. And that's like my biggest gripe about the entire weekend because yeah, you lost the first two, but at least after winning 21 to zero, You could go into this off day feeling a little bit better if you win yesterday. Go into a series with the Braves who honestly aren't playing that great right now. Like, now it's like, you just lost three or four
3: to the Pirates. (laughs) To the Pirates! Who are technically not even trying to win this year. Yeah! Like, it's so... it,
1: It makes my blood bubble because... I understand again. I understand it's a developmental year, and we're trying to figure out who we got for the next great Cubs team. But man, do I want to be led into July with some hope.
2: <laughs> I want some hope in July, Luke. I mean, if you can beat a team by 21 runs in a game, and you can win the run differential in a series like that, you know, you're clearly as good, if not better, than that team. And that's a team they should be winning three games at, especially with the schedule coming up. I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's no easy games the next two and a half weeks now. So. It's, yeah, that's an even that's, better point. That's, is like that's, with that's the a bad part. Up. You've
3: got the yeah, Braves, yeah. the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Dodgers for your next yep. four series. You have to take advantage of playing the
0: Pirates at home. Yep. Oh, it's going to be tough, for sure. Um, Brian, I mean, you were there yesterday. You said, "Just what did you see out of that Sunday game, that Sunday matinee that – I mean, you could tell, why Why did the Cubs lose that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, Justin Steele, you know, was just okay as a starter. I think another day where he sort of struggled with his fastball commands, yeah. struggled to get his fastball by people. Uh, so that's something that's that's going to have to improve if he's going to stay in the rotation. Um, other than that, I mean, man, in the ninth inning, it was right there. I had my seven-year-old son there, and I was so ready for his, like, first walk-off at Wrigley. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the the vibe in the, in the stadium was really great, and... Bases loaded, Three. one out. I mean, yeah. that's you got to do it. You got to score there. So that's a that's a really tough yeah. way to lose a series, especially.
1: Yeah, because like Contreras, you, you I don't think you would have want anyone else up there in that moment. I mean, right. maybe Suzuki, but he he was already on base, right? right? Like, I don't think there was anyone else in that moment that you would want at the plate than Wilson Contreras and. I don't, sometimes, I don't know how you guys would feel about this, but sometimes he gets in those big moments and I feel like in a way he kind of overthinks it and he just is, yeah, impresses exactly. And like, he just gets a little too aggressive and he's, he, he goes chasing and I, don't, I just didn't understand it. And then I know you can complain about Ortega not being sent home too on the Suzuki double. There's a lot to that. But at the same time, the Cubs just left so many guys on base over the weekend too.
3: So. Well, we're talking about, the bad and the ugly here. And you know, you mentioned the lineup, which people were wondering obviously why Rivas wasn't in there. The problem I had with Horner not being in there is there's very little margin of error when you're not winning 21 to nothing, which lucky for Cody, you saw the <laughs> biggest blowout in Cubs history. Cool, yeah. you'll never forget that. But that game is gonna be few and far between. Even even in a, a 10-nothing game is gonna be few and far between for this Cubs roster. That's just not the way they're built they've got to do the small things really well vr has been great at the plate but you tried to put him at shortstop and he's got the yips or something's going on like he's defensively he's struggling and now you're talking about your defense up the middle and he struggled again a little bit so it's like that's why i wanted to see horner in there I, i know you've got to get him some rest and there's tougher teams coming up but this is a team in your division and you, you had a chance to at least get a split against them. Right. And I
1: think I tweeted during like after VR made that first air, I was like, I know everyone hates Simmons. Like no one was about, was excited about the Simmons signing. <laughs> you would But liked him. Yeah. if you're going to give Nico a day off, we <laughs> would yeah. much rather see him at short than VR and not, th- and it's hard to like even get mad at VR. Cause he's been really good for the Cubs with the bat at least. And it's just like,
2: I don't know like well, it, especially so if you think Simmons me. is only a week or two weeks right. away then mm-hmm. just you know, I don't think it's asking too much to ask Nico to to play I mean he's a young right. guy he's coming off a 21 zero game in perfect weather right um, you know he didn't get pressed in that game like a normal like a normal day would so it's yeah it's that was too bad I mean the stat sheet even will remember it better than it was for VR because they changed one of those errors back to a hit so yeah. and <laughs> yeah.
0: the one he got the one uh was it the first game or maybe the Tampa Bay series it was Jan Jan Gomes got charged with the throwing oh, error that yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. just like went through and just nutmegged. Mm-hmm. VR. And I'm not and I'm not prepared, saying so. don't
3: play him. I just think for right now until whatever is going on with him is fixed, if it's fixable, he, DH or pinch hitting would be his role right now yeah. more than it would be sticking him in at shortstop in the middle. Of the that,
1: I mean, he, he hasn't made any bad plays over a second, the few times he's been over there either. So like yeah, yeah, I mean, I the think, thing is, is like we, we, we're, good at second base, but whether they it's not. not Yeah,
3: they don't or, have a shortstop.
0: It should, yeah, it's just the Simmons not being healthy for the first month of the year is what's kind of forced yeah. VR. Because I think if Simmons is healthy, VR maybe plays second and third and just doesn't touch yeah. shortstop, exactly. it's Simmons and Horner with how, you know, how the Cubs want it to be, how it should be. Um, so if you get Simmons back anytime in the next couple of weeks, like that's ideal, but you're, if, if you really hate seeing VR at shortstop, you're going to have to deal with that a few more times, at least over the next couple of weeks, because it's... That's just the way it is. That's the, all the depth that that David Ross has right now. And he, like you guys said, he wants to get Nico Horner days off. Nico has his own injury history from the last couple of years. It's, again, the same. still the first month of the season. Guys are still building all the way back up. No one played all nine innings in a single spring training game. So, like, the first week-ish, week and a half of the season was, like, the end of spring training, really, as far as ramping up. So, guys are still, this, two weeks later, yeah. a week and a half later, it's still kind of trying to build up like that. And so...
1: I think to yeah. me though, when especially with Nico, it's like, like I said, it wasn't just Saturday. I mean, he had a great week. He had a great week, and like to a great start, yeah, you want to like keep riding that. And I felt like with a day off on today, like why, why would you not have him in the lineup yesterday? And again, like you have a chance to split the series with the team that you should have won three of the four, and it, like that's what's frustrating to me. It's like what, are, like what are we thinking, like? Like, I was told we're supposed to be competitive in 2022, man. Like, losing three out of four to the Pirates does not bode well for for that. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I mean, it uh, not only should have won or could have won, they have to win. Yeah. You know, three out of four at least from the Pirates. Uh, One more bad and ugly before we get to the good. (laughs) And that had to be facing – batting against their bullpen. Yeah. I had no idea that the Pirates' bullpen was going to be that successful – Maybe they really are that good, but the Cubs made them look like Cy Young a little bit out there. Like, they couldn't get a hit against the Pirates' bullpen, except for Saturday, of course.
1: Yeah. And they, and they did in the late innings, too. Ian Happ had that homer, which was good. They, they all, like, what was it, the seventh inning? They had a couple guys on and failed yeah. to score. Like, that that one hurts more than not not scoring in the ninth, because if they had scored it before the Happ homer, then it's at sure. least tied. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like to me they just left a lot of guys on base over the weekend and like the first two weeks of the season we were all talking about how the cubs are getting guys on base and they're finding a way to manufacture runs uh and like i just feel like not even just the pirate series but even against the rays they left a ton of people on and just failed to like even just manufacture a run and like on a consistent basis
0: yeah i mean you mentioned the bullpen i mean i guess you got to give props to Bednar for challenging Contreras and and Schwindel with, like, just straight heaters That's pretty much. much. Like, yeah. he nope. said, hey, I'm giving you 96-97, you hit it, and they didn't hit it. Like, I was you give props to him. But then you got guys like Will Crow, who used to be a starter and didn't succeed there. But now he's coming out and shutting down the Cubs when he comes in. Um, Chris Stratton, same thing. I don't think they scored off him this whole uh, weekend. So it's, like, very surprising. Because, like, um, all the runs pretty much except for Saturday came in the first couple innings, I want to say, except the half homer. But – um, that's where all, like, and then they started out strong. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or uh, Sunday started out strong. And you're like, oh, this going to be yeah. a good offensive day for them. And then the Cubs don't do anything, like, after that. And that's where you're like, is the Pirates, like you said, is the Pirates bullpen actually <laughs> that good? Like, these guys have succeeded against, you know, they were striking out guys when we're talking about the Cubs being a very contact-oriented team. And, like, yeah. Contreras and Schwindel are two, supposed to be two of those guys. David Bednar comes out and just blows fastballs by him. Like, it was, it was surprising to see. Was um, he dropping f
2: bombs at the end of the game? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saw the, that video in the handshake line. Right I like yeah. it. Let's let's bring the let's bring the rivalry back. Although if you're, I guess if you have a rivalry with the Pirates, that means you're in a different <laughs> yeah. spot as an organization.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. You mentioned Will Crow, mm-hmm.
3: and that's a guy. As we go to the good for the Cubs, I look at Keegan Thompson, and we talked about this on on a other podcast, but. I know Corey and Brendan talked about it last night when they recapped the whole series. And the question was brought up Should Steele and Keegan now flip roles? Let me, this is my answer No, 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 no. <laughs> and Will Crow is the answer why. Right now, you've got like three or four guys in the team that you can say, Yes, they do that really, really well. And we've got that for the future. Suzuki in right field, don't touch him, leave him in right field. He's fine. Wilson behind the plate. Okay, Wilson, fine. Keegan Thompson, it's early. It hasn't even been 20 games. Uh Keegan Thompson has proven to you in a show-me season, this is a role he can be very, very effective in. You do not screw with that right now. You leave him there and let him do it. I don't care if it's all season. Why would you take him out of that role and throw him into something where you don't know what the result is going to be? You don't even know if the result, the current result is going to continue. Do not move Keegan Thompson into a starting role. If that comes at the end of the season when you just want somebody to fill in and make a start, sure, give him a chance there. He's as valuable where he is now as he would be as a fifth starter. In fact, I'd argue he's more valuable where he is now Mm -hmm. than he would be as a fifth starter. If you can get, like I said, Crow is a perfect example. He wasn't great as a starter, and that's not to rule out Keegan Thompson as a starter. He's perfect where he is right now. It's a small sample size. Keep him where he's at. Same with Steele. And by the way, if Steele doesn't work out as a starter, he might be able to morph back into that. And then he you might really have good. then yeah. you might have two guys like that. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that because that's the way the game is going anyway. Yeah. So that might it's a good. I just don't I don't want to see the chat starting to fill up with should we move him into a start? Should he get the next start? No. He's one of the few answers you have so far in less than 20 games. Can somebody do this? He's proven to you in a small sample size, yes, he can do it. Don't screw with him.
2: I think it's not just the success he's having. It's the fact that the Cubs have been able to avoid pitching relievers two days in a row mm-hmm. because Keegan Thompson's coming in and eating three, four innings yeah. at a time. So he's not only succeeding on the mound, but he's helping the next day have you know more rested relievers. Yeah, and stuff. Like on a
0: Friday, he... He pitched four innings, but yep. it wasn't just like, oh, I ate four innings and saved the bull-. No, he pitched four innings, saved the bullpen, but also kept it at a two-run game. Like that's st- A guy that can go out there and basically do a starter's workload, keep the game where it's at, and just shut down the other team as, you know, obviously they hope the lineup was able to get something else going that didn't end up happening on Friday, but Keegan Thompson in that role is not only coming in and eating those innings and saving the rest of the bullpen, but also... Pretty much dominating the other team and making sure they're not running up the score any more than they already have. I, I think
1: we also need to wait for Wade Miley and Alec Mills to come back too. Yeah. More so Wade Miley right. in this instance, because I feel like Alec Mills is probably gonna be a you know, what he has been, a versatile guy out as a spot starter or out of the bullpen. Um and you know, we've only seen two starts out of Lighter Junior. I don't know what the Cubs are going to do with him once Mills comes back. I know we talked about on that post game that you know he was much better the second time around, and maybe he'd be better as a one or two inning guy out of the bullpen as well, just based off what we see how he pitches the first time through the order. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Luke, too small of a sample size at this point, and we saw him as a starter at the end of last year too, and. Mm-hmm. He really did struggle as a starter at the end of last year. I know he's different now, and, you know, he had a whole offseason to really work on what he needs to improve on. But, again, I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just like, <laughs> no. Or don't change it, whatever whatever the
3: saying is. You but you're I mean? right. Those guys are coming back, and when they do come back, that role is not going to exist anyways in that in the rotation. So why would you move a guy who's having all this success into a role that's only temporary and might not work? right like that that is craziness now the other guy um that's another good we mentioned him already too is nico and he's he's been everything you ask and i wonder how many how many positives or how many when i say yes they have this at this position how many of those do you have to find this season for this season to be successful let's say keegan thompson ends up being one okay Let's say maybe Nico shows you he can be the everyday shortstop because he's developing his defense, his hitting's been consistent, the contact's been there. Let's say Nico becomes two. All right, now they maybe find out that Suzuki's the guy in right. Okay, now you've got three. Do you need five? Even if it's a losing season and you don't make the postseason, if you could find five things for the future that you're confident in, I personally would think that would be a good season for the Cubs. Now, you'd like it to be more than that, but 5 that you can say, "Yes, I have 5 pieces for the future with the farm system that we're going to talk about in the next segment coming up." I would think 5 would be a fair number.
2: I think the more losing that takes place if the if the season does go that direction, the more that you have to transition to just answering questions. You know, you mentioned Alfonso Rivas, like he's an example of if this team, I, I mean, you could even argue if this team starts winning, he should probably play more. But <laughs> yeah. there's there's all sorts of guys that I think as the direction of the season changes, you can change their roles, you can play with things, and you can really experiment with with who is one of those five, one of those six, one of those eight guys. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I'd like to see them start doing. And Michael Hermosillo, you know, before this roster crunch at the end of April, I'd really like to see him just get, you know, two, three, four starts in a row just to say, okay, is he worth keeping around when the roster cuts down to 26 in a week here? And so I'd like to see a little more question answering mm-hmm. while they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you.
1: Uh, you know, speaking of Nico, uh, Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation, he tweeted out, a. I guess they, they made a cool graphic, and uh, he has a 133 weighted runs created right now, uh, which for anyone who doesn't really know, it's what is uh, one hundred is like league league average. Mm-hmm. So he's thirty three percent above league average as an offensive player. He's eighth among shortstops. I think I said that right? I'm not like the biggest analytical guy, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, and he has three defensive runs saved, which is eleventh in baseball as well. So like he's he's just playing really well. Doing honestly, like I was, I was. I don't want to say I banked on it, but like I was like, you know, this is his real first real chance to play every single day and play really well and you know he's taken full advantage of it a lot of people question if he could play at is that a, at an elite level uh, on short at short like he does at second mm-hmm. he's done that very well and uh you know i that's i think it, it's a to me at this point it is a question that is at least partly answered. I mean we still got yeah. a long way to go can he do it for a whole season can he stay healthy and uh, He's on the off to a great start. Yeah,
0: and it was it was really funny. Just no, not funny, but like it's just like all off season. I guess that's kind of funny. All off season, it was like we need to get Carlos Correa. We need. To, like, that's what Cubs fans yeah. are talking about. We need to get Carlos Correa. We need to get Trevor Story. And but then you look at Nico Horner and how he's played for the Cubs. And I think that one spring game when you had that that really awesome you know Jeter esque jump throw from short stuff from the deep hole, get the guy at first, and then you're kind of like, Hmm, like okay, okay, like Nico. Mm-hmm. And then now, like you said, like it's three weeks into the season and he's doing really well, hitting you know. He's, picked it up again the bat this week, but that defense has been there consistently um, and, you know, surprising a lot of people. So I'm talking about question and answering if he can prove over the entire season that he could be a good shortstop for the Cubs, not even just serviceable, but like above, like above average shortstop with both the bat and, you know, he could play great defense. You might, you know, Cubs might not need to worry about getting a a, a shortstop again this offseason. Like that a lot of that money that, Three hundred and fifty million dollars that could go to Carlos Correa it could end up getting Man. spread around the rest of the diamonds. I so. think uh,
1: Brendan said it on the on yesterday's podcast
0: that uh, he's
1: not a free agent until twenty twenty six. Right. So yeah. that like mm-hmm. if you know if he plays like this or close to this for a whole season, I don't know if he's gonna have a one thirty three WRC plus yeah. for a full season. But if he you know plays like this and kind of just proves like yeah, I'd belong here in this spot or on this e- on this infield. Then yeah, it kinda does kinda change your outlook with who the Cubs should, you know, look into on the free agent market and stuff like that.
2: And Nico, I mean, you know, talking about when he was in the minor leagues, he did not play very much. I mean, if you look at his entire career since Stanford, minor leagues and in the majors, it's not even probably two full seasons worth of work. So he's still adjusting. He's yeah, this season he's one of the best hitters in baseball against sliders so far, which was something he wasn't good at in the past. And so we're still seeing him grow, and I still think there's another level that he could reach, uh, probably becoming a guy that could hit 10, 15 home runs as he as he makes some adjustments. So I think the best is yet to come. Well, as, you know,
0: he, he was drafted in 2018 and then <laughs> got thrown on the fire in 2019. Right, like he yeah. didn't even have a full season of minor league ball in him, and uh, he hasn't gone back down like he's just been right. As,
1: as the prospect guy that you are, obviously, like Ryan said, he got called up in an emergency situation because right. Javi got hurt in 2019. Where did you... Uh, before that happened where did you think he was going to make his debut like what season
2: yeah I mean I probably would have thought you know that was pre-pandemic so I would have thought 2020 would be a full (laughs) year I probably would have thought the end of a 2020 season so a whole another year in the minors I mean even in 2019 he was injured during the minor league season and Mm -hmm. missed some time then so yeah I mean he just he did not get much development time and he really is still learning and adjusting he's played 98
0: games at the minor league level and I think a little chunk of those are like rehab assignment games last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's had 364 total minor league at bats, I and mean, I'm not even a full season's worth of yeah. Of so games. about
2: 800 like, totals, so <laughs> a season and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: he's, he's he's still getting there, and I think yeah. Again, if he can prove himself as that shortstop, like he proved that the defense is legit, which you know he's a gold glove caliber second baseman. So if he can prove that he can transfer that over to the six hole, and then he succeeds with the bat not you know not going to be their cubs two or three hitter like you know above average all-star hitter but you can certainly have uh, uh a good year at the plate you know get close to 300 hitting you know be a, a guy that you can consistently consistently puts good at bats together again that, that shortstop job could just be his for the taking if he, if he could do that this year
3: good to have Rachel back on the chat she says Nico's so good right now making contact with 94.8 percent of the pitches in the strike zone eighth best in baseball the guy is class we just want him to stay healthy um you know one other guy I I was mentioning five things or whatever Ian Happ so far has been showing that he could be the guy still you know and that this is sort of a proving year for him too so there's five might even be cutting it a little bit short maybe you find out like you said Brian maybe it's six seven eight but
1: I mean, Ian Happ's like, breakout is kind of not helping Clint Frazier's uh, consistent at-bats. Yeah. It's like that's a, okay. that's yeah. okay,
3: Cody. It's about finding out, like, if one guy's doing it, he gets the chance. Right. That's why yeah. when you and get that, the chance, you've got to have that. Exactly. you got to be ready kinda to go. Like
1: my, that's kind of like my point is, like, in a way, it sucks, but we would not be as happy
0: if Ian Hap was off to a, another slow start like last year. So, well, this is also his last arbitration year too. Like, is he a free agent at the end of this year? They really need to figure out what they got with him, with Ian Hap. I, I know he's, he might have another year of arbitration left, but like, this still off that the time. Top that he, of my head, I don't know. I it's time. One I think one more. He might have another year, but yeah. it's still like the time where you need to find out if Ian Hap's the guy because yeah. then they probably you know they had the talk last year at the end of the season. Like, is, are they going to even tender him a contract for this year? Yeah. And they obviously did, and he's succeeding. But if he didn't, and he you know, you'd go through that whole process again this 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 off season, if he does that, I have the arbitration again next year. I'm off the top of my head, I'm blanking, but yeah. So this is a, this is the year that you need to find out if Ian Hab is going to be your is the, the Ian Hab that the Cubs really want him to be. And or, it's um, his
2: first time playing left field for a long stretch, yeah, so you're right. answering that question of whether he's a left fielder or not.
3: Now, in order to get him more consistent at bats, if he's proving it. That's another question. Like he's having success and left. Do you move him to center more so that you can get Rivas if you have to put him in a corner? Right. I, like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. But like, yeah, we'll we'll find out. You know, um, one other positive or one other good thing moving forward from that series was Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. You saw good Kyle Hendricks. Now, I think we kind of know it's maybe not going to be like peak Kyle Hendricks every time that's just maybe not where he's at anymore but um when he has his command and he's pinpointing that fastball and the changeups working somewhat he's successful like he's you're going to get good starts out of Kyle Hendricks considering how the
1: wind was blowing out on Saturday like the Cubs put up what eight or nine runs that second inning and I was still like kind of scared just because Mm -hmm. of how the wind (laughs) was blowing out like i I thought we were in line for a you know an all time game if you're there for offense like that that's how bad the wind was blowing out that day and he just I mean what they allowed three hits as a team yeah uh, he I think for him it was like one or two of them so like yeah I mean it was it was a great uh great to see because obviously his last couple starts have kind of been shaky, not been able to at least go into the fifth inning. So, you know, that, to me, when it comes to the starters, you have one good start, and then you've got to try to build off it. And we just haven't seen a lot of the starters be able to create that momentum or, you know, positive thinking for themselves. Because, you know, we sit here and talk about how bad Marcus Stroman was that one night, even though despite the 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 conditions and all that, I'm sure he's thinking the same thing and, like, maybe even worse than like what we are thinking, you know? So... I, you get that positive mindset into their heads on a on a more consistent basis. Like it goes a long way. Maybe not as much as like I would think, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I know when we talked to Stroman as a Thursday. I think it was the game that he that he pitched. No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday this is the last game of the race right. here. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it was Wednesday. And he, you know, he, knew he's. But then he also takes accountability. He's like, it's like it's on me. Whatever conditions, anything like that, it's on me. Mm. Um, and so you could tell he he's like, I was like, it's like. We're talking right now. The second I leave here, I need to find a mirror. I'm gonna do some dry stuff and start start prepping for his next start. So, um, you know, Strowman. It feels like Strowman doesn't even even when it's a good start. Like he doesn't like okay, like move on next start. What do yeah. I need to do to be good? It seems like he more than at least a lot of people that have vocalized is like I don't care if I have a good start or a bad start. Just like one start at a time. It's like this needs to be a good start. Wipe this, wipe the, the slate clean next start okay this needs to be a good start like, it's not like I need to add on I need to build on this things like no every start just needs to be good on its own individual basis that's what it that, seems like to me at least yeah. the way he talks about it
3: I just uh t- I was thinking a couple things on Saturday as I was watching the game it's like well first of all now we know why Cody looks a little more jacked today because he did 10 push-ups after every run so now <laughs> he's you know got a big chest day in for sure oh man and then I was thinking god I hope Cody took the over <laughs> on points bet well, i was cody, like please i, I, I hope to he took you, the over
2: <laughs> the guy i sat next or the guys that i sit next to at wrigley on uh-huh. saturday 12-0 cubs are leading they live bet cubs minus 17 and a half oh my god cover <laughs> that's so, some real degeneracy right there yeah. like i wouldn't even do even that. cody <laughs> wouldn't go that <laughs> far my guys in section 420
1: I, I think uh <laughs> one of my buddies in a group chat said they, I missed it until like after the game, but one of them was like, Cody, I know you're you're live betting Cubs minus 20 and a half right now. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I did bet the over on Saturday and I did it on PointsBet, which is the best way to support CHGO is if you download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And we've... You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, just like the one that Ryan is wearing right now. He's got the swag. He's Cubs, got the swag, right? yes. If you, shirts. If you have any questions, email pointsbetatallchgo.com and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same game parlays as well. And now online signup is available in Illinois. You can actually download the Points Bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Say it every show. If Luke can figure it out the way that he looks at his phone, anyone can do it. <laughs> it's true. So signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than ever. You can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 dollars so what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
3: You know, CH Joe, we're doing the podcast thing. We do every team every day. We've got post-game shows, which will be a, we'll a lot of them this week. Uh, premium written content. You were out at the ballpark, and then uh, Jared was there on the weekend. Hey, Rachel said she got her merch. Rachel nice. got her merch? Yeah, she said she out, arrived Oh, dope merch arriving UK. overseas now. The yes. There you go. Huh? Love to see it. uh, Most of Ryan's content, you can find that premium written content at allchgo.com. Be a member there. And then you also get the dope merch like his shirt. You know, Ryan also, I feel like we're not selling the sick drip yet, but if we could match the drip with the merch, we'd have something going. You get a free shirt and the members only Discord, which we're still working on the velvet robes. But that's, just wait, that's going to hit overseas too. Don't worry, Rachel. We got (laughs) robes on the way. Um, and we have at Cub Prospects with us. So we are going to talk prospects a little bit today. And we want to do this a lot throughout the season because we've said, listen, the major league roster is one developmental stage. The next stage is all over the farm system. And so, Brian, we've, we've dipped into the mailbag. We like to do this on Mondays. Nice. Um, C.H. Cubby is asking, how close is Caleb Killian to being ready for the bigs?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the results right now, you would think he is ready for the bigs. So his ERA is under two in AAA. Although when you watch the starts, I would say he's not quite there yet. He's he's just still missing a little bit, not quite as sharp as he was at his best last year. The curveball that the Cubs have helped him with it does look a lot better, but we're still not quite seeing him hit all the spots that he that I think he does when he's at his best. So I would say, you know, it could be something like four eight weeks, especially if you need a start and, you know, a doubleheader or something comes up, give him a try, and, and then uh, I think he should be ready to go after that. Well, see, that's so, why I say Keegan Thompson doesn't have to be your next. That's a guy I want to see come in and yeah. pitch for a game
3: and see what happens and, mm-hmm. and where that goes. As Every time we him. bring
1: up Killian, I always mention the Arizona Fall League start where yep. he threw six perfect innings. I mean, the guy was uh, electric in that start, and, you know – I was hopeful that they would put him in Triple A to start the year. I yeah. uh, didn't expect it, admittedly, um, but yeah, no. I when you first started talking, the way that you said it, kind of, I guess I misunderstood. And so to hear that he's had success, but also not everything is ready yet, right, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So in uh, what he's what had three starts. Yeah, Yeah, three stars. He's 24 years old, man. I guess
0: he's got plenty of time.
1: You're right. So, pitchers are one, or, and again, I'm not like some big prospect guru, but pitchers are the types that I always feel like you got to baby. Like, you got to let them figure it out. Yeah, and like just, you know, percolate. (laughs) You just got to let them, like, just do their thing for as long as until you absolutely feel like you, you need them or whatever. And, uh, you know, in this type of season, I feel like we really should just let him
2: at least get 10, 10 starts down there. I think it's a really yeah. good sign when, some, when a pitcher can succeed without his best stuff, which, which Killian has this year. But I think if you're asking a guy to come up to the majors and be ready to be successful, you want him to have been having his best stuff mm-hmm. in the couple outings before he gets called up. So awesome. I'm not quite there yet with him, but, but it'll be this season.
0: It'll be this. What are you thinking, like a post All Star break, post trade deadline kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I think that'd be that'd probably be a perfect time to do it. He's also he's Rule Five eligible if he's not added to the forty man mm-hmm. roster by the end of the year, so there's no reason not to call him up and give him a shot.
3: All right, That's good. I like to hear that. Uh, his follow up question: Ch Cubby wants to know, will Brendan Davis take over for Hayward at some point this
2: season? And yeah. we've debated that a lot here. Right, I mean, we were just talking about Ian Happ playing left and whether he should slide to center. I mean, the nice sort of problem that's developing for the Cubs is that center field doesn't quite feel figured out yet. And when Brennan gets hot and, and they decide he's ready to go in the majors, it's going to be a really nice way to just slide him into a position that is sort of there for the taking.
0: What, what is his, like, you know, does he profile as, like, do you think he could be an above-average defensively center fielder?
2: I've said before, I would think, I think he's going to be about average, you know, maybe a little bit below. He He's not as fast as when he first came in the system. Mm-hmm. People said, you know, five-tool prospect. Well, since then, he's added something like 60 pounds of muscle. Um, <laughs> so the the speed is down a little bit, but he takes really long strides. He's got a good, accurate arm. It's not as strong as, as the best center fielders in baseball, but... Uh, he sort of checks all the boxes in a just, like, solid way. Yeah. But so I think as he grows, you know, maybe it'll end up in left field in five, eight years, but <laughs> for the next few centers. Yeah, I was going to say, when we watched him
1: in those few spring training games, he did not look the same the last time I had seen him. He looked like he definitely put on,
0: like, solid,
1: like, some muscle or something.
0: Well, and then <laughs> I, I'm also curious, like, what happens, and then this is such a, such a future problem, what happens if Brandon Davis comes up, he plays center field, he does really well. And Pete Crow Armstrong, who's been talked about as a you know an, a, a very good defensive center fielder, and Ian Happ's still there, Say so, yeah, Suzuki still, and right. his, his kind of like, what, like how does that kind of shake out? Like,
2: I mean, those are the problems <laughs> that teams dream to have. <laughs> um, but Brennan has played a lot of corners in the minors. Uh-huh. He's he's played he played a lot of right field last year, a little bit of left field. I think it would be no problem to ask him to move over, especially if you have a prospect coming up that you're super excited about yeah. defensively. I think the DH, DH also helps is, with that. Like yeah, just, just yeah. you're DH like, oh, we open. have a
0: crowded outfield. Oh no, now we have a DH spot that we can throw. So, so yeah, I think the Cubs, I think the Cubs really, really love having that DH spot. Now, as much as David Ross said, like <laughs> he did also enjoy the strategic, you know, using hitters to pinch it for pitchers and how long to let them go, stuff like that. Um, the DH, as far as like when some of these guys are coming up for the Cubs that they're really high on and and profiles can be really good big leaguers when you start getting that like roster crunch that DH obviously is just very helpful in that situation for sure
3: but guys there's no room if Frazier and Rivas are playing well too so let's (laughs) keep that in mind uh all right let's go to Rachel she's got a question she says she wants to know Iowa Tennessee South Bend Myrtle Beach which is going to be the most exciting this year
2: do you I I think the I think the best team right now is actually Tennessee and I think Tennessee will eventually also get the best arms from South Bend South Bend has a great rotation but when those guys go up to Tennessee that team is going to be even better I, I talked to the catcher Bryce Wyndham for Tennessee the other day and I just said I feel like you have a major leaguer you know I, at every position almost and he was and I said how's the energy in the room and he said it's a great clubhouse you know it's he, they, they have a bunch of arms that are mid-90s, a bunch of guys that are hitting home runs, which is not true for most of the system right now. So that's the one that I think, if I had to guess which team is going to win a championship this year, I would guess Tennessee.
3: Tennessee. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so if you want to see somebody that. <laughs> that's playing in South Bend that's playing well, you better get there quickly yeah, get is what there you're quick.
2: Especially, yeah, I mean, DJ Hers. Uh, the starting pitching prospect he's a guy that you know if you want to see him and you're and you live around Chicago find a time to get to South Bend because it might only be I don't know four six weeks
0: oh wow. You
3: wow just you just wrote something about him and I know you were talking yeah. about that maybe he didn't if I remember correctly it was that he didn't have his best stuff but he still dominated it dominated and so that's an interesting thing that you know is does that start to show you that that level isn't good enough because you get to the point where If a guy's doing that and he's not giving you his best stuff, that's not helping his advancement at all. You know, if he's if he's dominating but he's not showing you his best pitches, then it's time to move on because you've got to you're gonna need your best stuff when you get to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna be able to get away with sorta good stuff that night, right?
2: Well the thing I look for, especially with pitching prospects, is what happens with fastballs in fastball counts. And DJ in high A right now, he'll be down two O in a count, groove a fastball, you know, sort of middle ish and it's getting a swing and miss because he's he's got a lot of funk to him. He he kinda releases it from this like low, far far side uh, arm angle. And so if you can throw fastballs by guys when they're expecting fastballs, you're in the wrong spot. I pull a David <laughs>
0: um I I kinda wanna ask add on to this one. It's just the narrative forever, as long as I've, you know, been watching baseball is that the Cubs can't develop homegrown pitching. Right. And now you're seeing it with Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Ethan Roberts, who had a couple of really good outings um F Ross. And then right now, South Bend has a bunch of good prospects. Caleb Kelly ends up in A, but just what have you seen over, I don't even know the last decade, last few years that has kind of like, cause that narrative started, I mean, it hasn't flipped yet, but it's starting to be like, okay, like the Cubs have some good, arms like they are developing some really good arms and once they get to the majors can they succeed but it's like well how like that's 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 the start of like that narrative kind of flipping on itself right
2: i think the i think the biggest way to see it is if i looked at the cubs farm system five years ago and i was looking for guys that threw 97 miles an hour i might have been able to find one or two now if if you look for 97 miles per hour on minor league cubs broadcasts there are probably 15 oh, wow. guys that can get there. Um, so the Cubs really did change what they were looking for in acquiring young players. Mm-hmm. And, and then Craig Breslow's team's done a really good job starting to to get those guys over the hump. And right now, I mean, so far this season, the pitching has been way above the hitting on the Cubs' farm system side. You
1: you mentioned, you know, Craig Bres- Breslow. Yeah. How, how has Dan Kantrovitz, like, he gets a, in my opinion, he deserves a lot of credit for finding what we would call these random guys like Frank Schwindel or help finding those guys to like come in last year and just kind of take over whatever. And now they're on this year's team. Like, how has he helped in scouting for the minor league level and taking chances on maybe guys who aren't necessarily, you know top-tier prospects. Kantrovitz, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, James Triantos is a really good example of a guy that, that I think a lot of baseball teams didn't see as a second-round pick, maybe even a third-round pick. Cubs were thinking about him in the first round, got him in the second round, and then he and then in the offseason, everybody was saying, this is a guy that's just outside the top 100 overall prospects. So – that's an example of, of their scouting department doing a really good job, and I think he's helped organize that. I way. love to hear that. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I think it, they need those scouting wins too. After the last few years, of like all, because all, they obviously when Theo was in charge, you know, Jed GM, whatever, but like Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwab, like those guys came up, and then they they panned out. Like those were great scouting wins that ultimately won the Cubs the World Series. And then a few years after, like Ian Happ had his struggles. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of right. those guys that they were counting on to come up and and be but good major league players just wasn't really happening over the last few years. I think that's what you saw yeah. as far as like just kind of the, nothing even the downfall, but just like why the core just ended up not working out. Right. So a lot of these other guys weren't coming up and, and you know, backfilling that part of it. So yeah. I think this, we got the, the, James Triantos as Brennan Davis, eventually uh, all these guys that can come up and the Cubs hope are solid major league players. Yeah. And then when some of those break out or superstars, then you obviously have a good depth behind them too. Yep.
3: Speaking of prospects, more to score. asks, who is a prospect you are higher on than most, and who is a prospect you might be lower on than oh most. Gosh.
1: Um, Greg says that you're real high on uh, Cole Franklin, the number two prospect. Made in
3: the it system. way past the
2: five minute mark.
3: Of Cole Franklin, <laughs> yeah. that's where you're going.
2: I, I mean, Cole Franklin's going to have a big second half. But I'll give you, I'll give you a new, a new name. I'll give you a name that I think you're going to see in Chicago this year. The Cubs have a, a left-handed relief prospect named Brandon Hughes. And he is the first player that's gotten promoted. He just got promoted from AA to AAA. Um, And he's a guy that he's a Michigan State guy, uh, was drafted as an outfielder probably five years ago now. After a couple of years, changed to to a pitcher, and he's had a ton of success. He was a guy that was right on the uh, border of getting added to the 40-man roster last year. So far this year, I think it's six and a third innings, one hit, 10 strikeouts, uh, and he's got one of the best sliders in the system, and it's a position where the Cubs could use a lefty reliever. I mean, they just added Sean Newcomb because I think they're not quite sold that they have that part of their team figured out. So I think he's a guy that's going to come up and and have some success, and people are going to that's going to be like, okay, we are developing arms.
0: Yeah, <laughs> six and a third, ten Ks, point three two WHIP, zero ERA. Like that's. Yep. Good small sample. Get size. gets it done. That's at least <laughs> at least a small sample size superstar. If not, if, if he doesn't keep it going, it's like okay, that's a that's a yeah. good first five games. Of as the far season, as right relievers, there. I hadn't uh-huh. heard
1: of him. I mean, I've heard of Ben Leeper and uh, mm-hmm. what's the other guy? Euker. Yeah, Euker. Yeah, yeah but I, you know, this is a new name, and it, it's it, I'm, it. God, I can't talk. It's great to see. Not only are they finding a way to develop uh, starters like Killian and 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 other guys like. Hers, uh, but to see them finding relievers as well, especially with how bullpens are becoming so more, uh, imp- so much more important over the last few years, and you know, we talk about it all the time. We love, I love being able being able to see the Cubs put together a bullpen in the most random way possible when they start developing arms on the farm mm-hmm. at a consistent basis. Right, that just makes you think of like the wildest things that this f- team could be at. In two, three, four years.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you think about Scott Efros as a guy who was sort of middling in Double A a couple of years ago. The Cubs came to him, said, "We think you could be a side armor," changed, and it and it unlocks a ton of success. You mentioned, you know, Ben Liepert and Kane Euchert. Ben Liepert was undrafted. The Cubs found him. He went to Triple A his first year in the minors. Kane Euchert had a six ERA in college baseball. The Cubs mm. drafted him, and he's in Triple A throwing ninety nine. So. You know, if you, you have to be a real fan to, to follow minor league relievers, but I do think <laughs> that as far as seeing the progress the Cubs are making in developing pitchers, that's where you see it more than those arms that you get in the first and second round. Those guys have always had it. But if you can take a guy from literally not being drafted and make a major leaguer, then you have a process that, that actually other teams will be jealous of. It's like Max Bain. Uh, Joe Nahas, I think, was undrafted. Yep. Um
1: I just know them pretty well, so that's why I mention them, and I'm big fans of them. So,
3: but Brian, you mentioned like relievers down in the farm system. What what made you want to turn this into one of your focuses? You know, prospects. What, what do you enjoy about that process?
2: Yeah, I've I've been writing about it for a long time. Um, I would say that the thing that got me into it was I saw Albert Pujols when he was in Low A, um, and I was and he, he was somebody that he wasn't a top 10 prospect. If you look back then, um, and he hit the game winning double at the game I was at. And I, and I remember like keeping his name sort of, and the next year he was rookie of the year. And I thought, Oh, how cool that you can you know go to the minor leagues and see what's coming to a certain extent. And mm-hmm. so that's what got me into it. And, um, I wrote about it on sort of the national level for a while and then, and then stopped writing for a while, came back, to Just write about the Cubs and uh, just sort of embrace the fandom of it.
0: How like tough is that? Because I know like the 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 way the minor leagues, the more stats is coming available every year, but it's also like there's definitely not at the level of what MLB does as far as like stat right. cast and 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 game day, and all this stuff. That like how hard is it to like keep track and like really focus? Because even in like. like there's not always minor league game feeds that you can watch and stuff. Right. Like that. How tough does that make it?
2: Well, it's better than it used to be because yeah. there are the Cubs, each of their affiliates do have feeds, which not every team can say. But I think it's really important that you, that you do have to like watch the games because I think even now more than ever with the changes they've made to the minor leagues, if you're just sort of scouting the stat line, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. So, you know, we, we do have to set aside some time to actually sort of watch the games and you know, I'm, like, on my phone in the morning just fast-forwarding 15 seconds at a time to see individual pitches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty wild that you yeah. saw Albert Pujols
1: before, and yeah. now, now you've watched his entire career play out. And as right. much as, like, okay, I can't stand the Cardinals, I mean, he's one guy that I definitely respect from that franchise yep. over the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, the one guy i can say that may like i don't it's not Albert Poole's level but i did see jazz chisholm play at kane county a few years ago That's awesome. and uh yeah now he's like in the mlb he's one of the more he's becoming a very popular player
3: miguel so. cabrero played at kane, kane county, county.
0: right yes he right? did yeah yeah so so there,
2: 3000 as a shortstop
0: day. oh man wow, wow. kane so county really, used to have some some names on that uh, Sure played there for like a week or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's names on. King County used to have those names, man. Like
3: they do again. They're just not Cubs yet. yet. Yeah. just have to wait and see. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app, use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. And if you have any questions, just email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out and in case you missed it. Online sign-up available now in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app, register your account, start to finish, all from your phone. Takes less than five minutes. It took me about three, so should take most people about one. Uh, you sign up with the fastest sportsbook, and it's easier than ever, and you can start living your bet life in just seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, let's see. <laughs> nice,
2: Thank you, you very much.
3: Anybody, you. anybody in the chat with any new questions coming in here?
0: I did see one. Uh, Oh Greg said is it a scientific fact that relievers perform better when they have glasses <laughs> See, know, Ethan yeah,
2: Ryan. my Riley Martin The Cubs are have been acquiring a lot of red-headed hitting prospects so maybe <laughs> yeah. it's red-headed hitting prospects and uh relievers with glasses <laughs> that's what that's their new uh Money the ball, relievers who that's wear the, the money glasses,
0: ball. they do like they do come off intimidating, <laughs> like no yeah. doubt. That's the that's what advanced analytics tells you <laughs> these days.
3: Did you uh, have you seen any of the game with pitch clocks? I know Rachel asked that yeah. uh, in the thing too, and said if you've caught any of those games, have you liked the look of the pitch clock at the minor league level, and are pitchers adjusting to that?
2: It it would blow your guys' mind how different it feels when you're watching a game with these pitch clocks. I mean. They're really enforcing them. I've seen more than a few automated st- or automatic strikeouts so far. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, t- I said I, I usually fast-forward pitches like 15 seconds at a time. Now I can't even do it because they've already thrown the next pitch. <laughs> it's cutting off 30 minutes to, to the average games at the minor league level. And so it's done a ton for the game. And I have asked a couple pitchers, you know, shouts to Max Payne. I asked him <laughs> how um, – how he was doing with the pitch clock. And he said, you know, it, it took a little bit of an adjustment, and those guys are still trying to figure out sort of when in the pitch clock their body's most ready to go. But they've adjusted, and, and they actually like it. See, yeah. I am all for it. And
3: they are doing it the right way. Start at the minor league level, those guys will come up having done it, so they're not, right. like, just caught off guard when they get to the major leagues and doing it. I, you've got to speed up the game somehow, and that is one way of doing it. I still also think not only the pitch clock – the batter's going. Like <laughs> I don't. I didn't need wristbands adjusted fifteen times. You should be able to step out of the box several times, but not every pitch. I don't you're, need you. You're actually
2: out. seeing hitters called for automatic strikes in the minors more than you're seeing pitchers yeah. called for automatic. Calls. So the hitters are having the I think the tougher time with yeah. it because if you step out of the box, I think it's more than once you get uh you get called for it. So oh, really, wow. That's been interesting See, them for, for that too.
0: Yeah, because well, it's, it's what fourteen seconds with. Yeah, right. Base is empty, and then eighteen with runners on base. Like that's, I was like, it feels like short time. But like how much shorter is that? Actually, is that the actually than like the average in the past? Like, I don't. I, 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 I don't. I don't. The game thirty, 30 them, minutes. That's yeah,
1: thirty minutes. Yeah, is a long a,
0: time to cut off a game.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it that's slowing it down is like you see a lot of pitchers step off a yeah. lot, and then like they'll. You know, and it becomes like a head game a little bit yeah. whenever you see that type of stuff. and Or
0: just the batter, like, stepping out of the box. Because every every batter has their own, like, pre-pitch yes. thing they do. All so right. they step out of the box every single time. Yeah, Derek Jeter would not adjust. be able to handle <laughs> the new rules. <laughs> nomar would not be able to handle it. Uh, uh, nomar no-mar, yeah, yeah, no-mar yeah, would the not be better. able to handle so Nomar would hate sad. it, yeah. yeah <laughs> I know um, uh, Tim Stebbins over at NBC Sports Chicago did, like, a story on that. Um, and he said, like, David Robertson, who's 37 years old, and has grown up. Yeah. Playing a game that there's no pitch clock, like, hate, like, did not like the idea. Mm. But I'm like, I think that's it, just feels like that's coming, regardless of like if major league players like it or not. It's right. could, be, could be coming as soon as next season. Um, and that's just you know, I think, uh, he asked David Ross about that too. And Ross is like, you know, and even the smallest change, it sucks. Like, it's it's tough, it's adjustment, adjusting the way you've always done things sucks, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. But you ha- when things happen, you have to do it. Um, like, just even he mentioned because he's a catcher, he mentioned when. The uh, the blocking home plate rules, all that stuff got changed. After, I think it was after Busty, Buster Posey got hurt. Yes. And he's like, and that like, he's like, you never would have thought that that stuff like that would change. And then when it does, you have to adjust. Um, and so just pitchers in the majors, I mean, I they there might be a, a good chunk of them that don't like it and don't want that. Right, but that's gonna come, and so you just gotta change, deal with, deal the time. with it if they, you want the
3: sport to thrive. Yeah. Right, yeah. I think
1: the what MLB needs to do if they decide they're gonna do it and it sounds like they probably will because of how it's really you know been a success at the minor league level they got to announce this like early like off season that way it gives pitchers time to start practicing like with it or right. something like that you know right. what i mean like in in their bullpens that they do before spring training and stuff like that so um I'm sure MLB will find a way to fuck that up, but, you know, that's just that's just my two cents.
0: <laughs> um, Rachel asked in the chat, what is what is your ETA on PCA?
2: Yeah, Pete Crow Armstrong's probably the most exciting current story in the farm system. Uh, he's, you know, it, for the those unfamiliar, that's who they got for Javi Baez mm-hmm. at the trade deadline last year, and uh, he's probably having the best offensive season of any prospect right now in low A, though. So he's got a ways to go. I would say... 2024 is probably your better case scenario and 2025 maybe the more realistic one but um but yeah he looks really good he's he's uh showing more power than he has in the past and and still showing speed and defense so he's like uh, 18 19 19 or 20 19 or yeah. 20
0: okay and he still profiles as an elite defender too like that's yeah making uh, a ton okay. of
2: contact playing good defense it's it's been a it's been a really good season for him
3: Ben Wilkinson says he agrees with Rachel too. PCA looks legit.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: All right. I can deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, any other prospects you want to point out to us that we haven't thought of? I mean, there's a lot of guys, right? Like this saying. is this is what makes Le- the,
2: the future Max exciting. Ben getting the call to double A. That I way, can. I find time to go see him out in South Bend. Yeah, well, we want to see him in South Bend. <laughs> we got Max's first start was yesterday. He'd been he'd been piggybacking as a reliever, and yesterday he got his first start. So. Uh, he looked really good for the, those first three innings. Uh, allowed a homer in the fourth, but you can tell he's really close. He, his slider is much better than it was last year. Uh, had a strikeout. That was one, two, three slider for the second straight game, uh, which I love to see. Max is Max is doing good. I think second half he'll be in Tennessee, but I think I think we got a little time. I think in May we should uh, organize a trip out there.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I mean, you do uh, the podcast with him, right? Yes. The the Bane campaign. Bain campaign. Do you have fun. You have fun doing that.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I, I went to Max at the end of last year. I said, you know, what are you going to do for content in the offseason? Because you got to do something. Because he's just a really interesting guy that, that has a lot to say and um, and is really good at sort of, you know, giving a voice to minor leaguers. And he said, I don't know, you have any ideas? And so I sort of pitched a version of what we ended up doing. And uh, it was really fun and nice to uh, not have to search for your own guests and just have Max, you know. being a professional baseball player to find
1: you guys had some 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 good guests not just on the minor league level but on major league level as well so uh yeah I've, i've enjoyed checking it out
3: yeah, so and if you're looking for a new Cubs podcast or a baseball podcast, it's another one to be checking out right now. Bain Campaign, the Bain Campaign, man, that's yeah.
0: a really good name. Yeah, right.
2: we're, it, we'll pick it back up at the end of the season. We're we're letting Max right now focus on the job of pitching, <laughs> but uh, next winter for sure, it'll, his season day, two of letting back. him focus on his day job. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing to do. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, so looking ahead for the Cubs here, they have. A tough stretch like we talked about it earlier in the podcast and that's what made losing to the pirates rough but i will say this it doesn't mean they can't beat some of these teams just because it looks a little daunting ahead of time and they're in pretty good company the braves who won the world series are seven and ten the cubs are seven and nine and they're not they're not alone either uh the red sox seven and nine most people have them as a playoff team the white sox could be a lot worse. It could be the White Sox you could have all these expectations, all these injuries and oh, not going well six and nine Astros, seven and eight, Phillies signed all those hitters. we were all jealous of everybody, six and ten. So some teams that we thought had huge off seasons and certainly have bright futures this season, listen, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those teams still in the postseason just because they're off to a slow start in the first 20 games mm-hmm. doesn't mean. It's the end of all be all. Like, those teams are probably still, a lot of those are still You just got to look
0: at the Nationals in 2019. They had, like, well, how they were, like, a few, game, like a few games under 500 late, yeah. later on in the season and then ended up winning it all. Like, yeah. these teams are a lot more, like, at least profile to be a lot better than that everyone thought that Nats team was that won the World Series. So, those, I think most of those teams honestly will be in the playoffs and then you, you'll have your, your little Flyers. Also, the Braves series coming up, the Cubs are very lucky that this is not the week that, uh, Ronald Acuna returns because he's supposed to, I think, like projected or like expected first week of May. So this is like they barely avoid Ronald Acuna who I remember I, I, we were talking about like who might be good and I mentioned Acuna and some one of you two were like, oh, he's Supposed to be out like half the year for like, like MVP. Yeah, when we're yeah, talking yeah, about MVPs, MVP, preseason and, like, picks for and MVP. I said Acuna, and then I think and maybe you said like, isn't he supposed to be out until like July? I'm like, I think he might be back by like beginning of May, and then that just happened to like pan out. Like it k- killed that rehab, mm-hmm. and but the Cubs do get to avoid Ronald Acuna's bat <laughs> for the for their series in Atlanta. The best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. What
3: do you want to see out of that Brave series? I want to see Strowman Strowman pitch well. I think if you find one thing in that Brave series, that's what you're looking for is a good start out of Strowman. I want
1: to see that. I want to see, you know, kind of like what Brian said earlier, you know, we want to start seeing more questions answered, right? Like, get Rivas and, uh, you know, and Nico back in the lineup, or at the very least, get Nico back in the lineup. Uh, But, you know, I understand trying to find the right matchups and stuff. Yeah. I, think I just, sh- I just think when you have a good game, like why would you put that person on the bench the next day? Like when, when baseball is such like a routine, like type game, and like you're fe- when you're feeling good, you're like you don't want to be put on the bench the next day. Like well, that just kind of ruins any kind of momentum you really can yeah, have. It
0: really is just all because of. I mean, that's not been a normal off season. Like if they had a normal season to build up and all this different stuff, you're probably talking about a different story. Like first after the first week you're not you're seeing a lot more consistent lineups but right now it's just not only is David Ross trying to figure out what he's got with a lot of different guys but he's also trying to make sure guys are getting into because we're not even a month and like you said not even 20 games into the season yet you got to make sure these guys are healthy for the long haul it's yeah. a marathon so I, I, I mean I, I understand like the frustration of why is why is Patrick Wisdom sitting the day after he home he you know hits a home run like it's that kind of stuff but it's also like you also see what where David Ross is coming from, where he's like, we can't worry about if you're wor- if you're really that worried about the Pirates series in April, when they still have another like twelve, thirteen yeah. games against them going forward. Like, what, you want to make sure those guys now are healthy for when those games come ahead. So, um, I I I get, a spin I get zone, Ryan. Yeah, I get both of the si- I get both sides <laughs> of the argument. You, spin it, spin it. You, you want to see these guys healthy, and you want to see these guys play, but you also want to see them healthy when yeah. games, especially the Cubs want to be competitive when games, second half of the season actually matter. You want Nico Horner to not be on the 60-day IL, right? Yeah. So Yeah, I um, yeah, That Yeah, that's just where I see I see the frustration, but I also see where when David Ross tells you, like, hey, I, I need to get these guys' days off. Like I can't have Nico Horner playing seven games in a row, and right now Jonathan VRs is our only shortstop depth. That's why he's like, – that, that kind of stuff, like, I totally get it because you can see even on the pitching side, you saw the pitchers aren't built up. Like Kyle Hendricks was the first one. Between his opening day start and his start on Saturday, no one else had managed to go past five innings. His five and a third on opening day and his seven on uh, on Saturday was, like, those are the only two more than five, more five and a third or more. So, you see on the pitching side, and then I think maybe the offensive side you don't see it as much because it's, but, like, it's it's there, too. These guys are still building up to playing a 100-plus games, nine innings a game, so. We're all, that's, that's what you see from it. Sorry.
3: We no, it's all right. We're, we're almost out of time, but I do. Ben Wilkinson has been asking about Porter Hodge throughout <laughs> yes. the chat here. He, a quick scouting report on Porter Hodge and then we'll wrap it up.
2: I know shouts to Ben. This is a deep pull. Porter Hodge uh, was drafted a couple years ago out of a Utah high school. Uh, Cubs kept him sort of on the backfields, building him up. Uh, he's had a really successful start to the year in Myrtle beach. Uh, he's got a good slider, fastball, sort of low 90s. Uh, if, it, if it continues along this track, then he's going to have to move up to South Bend. And he's definitely somebody I'm looking at, at as an early breakout guy. But uh, we haven't gotten a ton of great feeds from Myrtle Beach yet. So I haven't gotten to watch to see what's new. But, but last year, I was really impressed with his slider.
3: Ben, there you go. The Porter Hodge scouting report. That's diving real yeah. deep. Uh, I'm sitting deep. here like, who is Porter Hodge, dude? <laughs> uh, this has been fun. Will you come back yeah. and do it again with us? Absolutely. Sounds That's good. Right. We didn't ruin it. Let's go, guys. Yeah. Th- thanks to our guest, Brian Smith of Bleacher Nation. He's also at Cub Prospects on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. Thank you for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Make sure you rate and review the podcast, please. Cubs and defending World Series champion Braves coming up on Tuesday and hopefully uh, some flying W's this week.
0: Can only hope. We'll We'll see. Can only hope. It's going to be a tough week, but we'll see. All
3: right, we'll see you later, and thanks again to Brian.